What's up, peeps? I'm Mark Zalmanoff, and I'm here to help you make good choices. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Make Good Choices podcast. I am your host, Mark, the Fitness Ninja Zalmanoff, your favorite friendly neighborhood fitness ninja. I have a uh, I have a great guest in studio. We're in a studio today, face to face, and I love these interviews because there's there's so much more power than just doing it online. Uh, before we get started, as always, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, share this with your friends because it's good. Like it's a good choice, so you should probably do that. All right, my guest today, this man, it's it's. It's so interesting. I love I love thinking about how we cross paths, how people's lives cross. And, you know, I've kind of known you off and on for a few years. Uh, this man is a, an employee at Break Free Academy, which houses the Apex program. My mentor and, and friend and client, Ryan Stuman runs that. And, you know, Robert here, you, you were here and then you left and then you came back. And we we're just talking right before we, we hit record here. You've been dropping just amazing wisdom in our Apex program. And you can tell because it resonates with people. The way that people respond to things on social media, to me, is a, it really is a good indicator. Because we're talking about educated people, not mm-hmm. just like the <laughs> masses of people. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna dive into life and wisdom and knowledge and and have some fun with this. So, ladies and gentlemen, Robert Nelson. So honored to be here and honored to have you as my friend. Kind of glad you're not my personal trainer because I heard you've been hurting people. (laughs) I just provide the guidance and they hurt themselves. That's amazing. (laughs) I'm just there as a taskmaster. So I always start this thing off with one real simple question. Um, You know, we often talk about like people meet people and they're like, what do you do? What do you do for a living? And yeah, and then we put people in a box mm-hmm. according to their career or the money they make or that we perceive they make. But what I want to know is who is Robert Nelson? That's a good question. I am the manifestation of God in the flesh as we are all. Ooh, that gave me chills. <laughs> Talk about that a little bit. Well, you know, well, let me go back to how we met because Many people don't even know the story. I was talking to, I think I was talking to Lisa Marie the other day, and she mentioned that, you know, I don't even know your backstory. And people have seen me here at the Break Free Academy over time. Initially, I hired Ryan to coach me because I teach entrepreneurship and sales to to kids. And, you know, I'm an old school salesperson, and I didn't know the social media digital marketing piece, so I hired Ryan to coach me. I'm like, dude, this dude seems to know how this works. And at that time, I'm the top of my game, and I was his message resonated with me saying that if you top person in your company, you the top sales performer, you need to get around some other top performers because <laughs> uh-huh. folks won't understand what you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So I got that. And after him working with me for a while, he gave me a job. And I originally started as a salesperson, right? Uh, I think I was Drew B's and Thomas's coach back in the day oh, when wow. we first started out. But I've seen the program evolve over time, and it has come to pass that I see a lot of good things happen in terms of how it's taking shape. There's an evolution taking place with it. And I've known you uh, from the t- before because I've gone to some of your sessions. I've felt the pain. I know, <laughs> I know what that is like. But the thought is that 
Now, as I interact with some of the people, I see the quality of people are on a level that's exceptional. And I think it was Danny that inspired me to, to say, well, go ahead and share a word today. Because, you know, I'm just sitting back doing my thing. But the thought is that there needs to be an interaction and an exchange. And in a relationship like that, the relationship is only valuable if you give it and take. And it's like breathing. You got to inhale and exhale. You don't just go in and take. You got to contribute something that's just going to enrich, enhance somebody else's life. So that's how the exchange takes place. So for me, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to be on your show because I admire what you do and how that. you inspire people, not only because of the profession, but because of the attitudinal perspective that you have. You know, it's something that you said at one of the executive sessions about how you, people that come into contact with you, your objective is to make sure that they're happier that they experience happiness as a result of that. And really, that's the end game. All the other stuff that people think they need to get to get to happy, dude, you started it happy. So that's my <laughs> that's my philosophy, you know, and that's how I got to be successful in sales, is I would start with happy while other folks was waiting to make a sale before they'd be happy. I started being happy, and the sales came, right? So mm -hmm. for me, I'm grateful to have this relationship because mm -hmm. it's helping me to grow and evolve as well. It's challenging me because I'm around people that – most of them are smarter than me, and it pushes me. So yeah, that, that's who I am. I'm I'm an evolving apexian. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I really, you know, you and I chatted about this a few weeks ago. I love that perspective of happiness. And it, it, sometimes I think I have a well, I obviously have a skewed perception because I only know how I work, right? I don't mm -hmm. know what goes on in your head. I I can't. You can tell me all you want, but I will never know mm -hmm. what it's like to be inside of your head. But I know how I operate. Mm -hmm. And I do operate with joy first, with happiness first. And then really? if anything else happens, I'm like, oh, that's even better. <laughs> and if anything happens bad, so so it is what it is, I can still be happy in the midst of those things. Mm. And I know you resonate with that. Is that something for you that you've always kind of possessed or is it something that you've learned along the way? No, actually, it was uh, kind of inbred within me by my first mentor. So... Uh, I'm, my backstory that I'm from Chicago and I started teaching kids sales because they were on the street corner selling dope. And I'm like, you got to do something different. They had sales skills, but I didn't know how to sell. So I really couldn't tell them how to do something I didn't know how to do. So I started seeking out mentors and this was decades ago. So that's why I resonate with Ryan because he's a mentor. My first mentor was Paul J. Meyer. He was a billionaire out of Waco, Texas. And I went to visit him. I think I was in my twenties when I went to visit him and, he, and something that he said to me, that really made me shift my thinking about reality. She, he said that, you know, most people get up in the morning and they go out in, into the day and they think to themselves that, you know, folks is out to get me. Folks are trying to rip me off. I'm trying to make sure I don't get took by somebody. He said, you know, I get up in the morning, I have this eerie suspicion that people are trying to bless me. Mm. I'm like, dude, that's a unique way to look at things, to expect folks to just come out of the blue and just do something good for you. Like, you know, so I said, you know, I need to develop that perspective. And I think it was from then, because he actually introduced me to Og Mandino, uh, who I, I ultimately got an opportunity to co-author a book with called The Greatest Sales Training in the World. And when I met him, I went through his office and he had these scrolls along the walls with these 10 ancient principles. And I'm like, what in the heck is this? And he, he started teaching me about it. Now, I took the book and actually integrated those concepts into my psyche. And I said, I need to teach these kids. And that's one of the reasons why I really like your book, because you didn't talk about, it wasn't like, okay, just read this from the beginning to the end. You said, this is a process. 
You need to take one lesson, integrate it into your experience so that you modify a behavior or develop some type of retention and then move to the next lesson. Right. So that's what the concept of the scrolls is all about. Take a scroll, live with it for 30 days, consider it, read it, reread it, listen to it, speak it out loud until it gets in you and the characteristics and qualities that you see there, they start to bloom and blossom in your personality. So that's what happened to me because I was an introvert. I'm still kind of introverted, but <laughs> at the time I didn't have the uh, audacity to sell because I'm just didn't like interacting with people on that level. I like interacting with people, but I'm trying to sell something now. So the thought is, if you're selling something that is not benefiting the person that you're selling it to in any way, you need to stop. Amen to that. But if you are selling something that can benefit the person that you're selling it to, you need to go. <laughs> you need to do it. So simple. So <laughs> simple. The thought. <laughs> but it's true. Like every every transaction, and, and let's let's flesh this out a little bit. When we talk about sales, it's not just me giving you a good and you giving me money. Right. Like most of life is a transactional relationship, right? It is. Like I have to sell my wife every day on why she should stay there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and I don't have to go into sales mode to do it, but, right. our, but our language, our attitude, like everything about the way we operate factors into that. Mm -hmm. And it has to be a win for her too. Like mm -hmm. I know why it's a win for me because mm -hmm. my wife's awesome. <laughs> but it's got to be a win for her too, right? Yeah. And I think you're right. Like a lot of a lot of salespeople, there's nothing wrong with money. Money's just a thing. It's an entity. And and honestly, like nowadays, it's just made up numbers in a mm. in a bank account. Like nobody even has money in their hands mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like just made up numbers, and we move those numbers over there, and then they move these numbers back to me, and I move them over this way. But when the intention behind it is solely that and not helping another human being, we're doomed. Right. Uh, something that you said, I'll, I'll elaborate. You know, not most of life is a relationship. Everything in life is a relationship. I don't care if it's a relationship with your hand to a pen. Everything is a relationship. That's how you experience reality, through relationships. And the reality is that value, money just represents value. Value, everyone intrinsically has value. The question is, how much of your value are you willing to give out to benefit the world around you? <laughs> and, yeah. and if you do that, the world will reciprocate because that's kind of how it works. It's you plant and you reap. This is real. I mean, on every level. But the thought is that when you think about value, uh, let's say you got mm, Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos living next door to you. They don't hold value for you unless in your relationship, there's some exchange that some somehow touches your life. Well, most of us, I bought your book on Amazon. So he, his relationship is <laughs> a part of that relationship, right? Yep. So the value that you bring to the world is what demonstrates a worth. Everybody has worth, but the, many times people are reluctant to express or share their worth. So sales is just a matter of making an exchange, letting people know what it is that you have to offer. That's a value to them and why it's a value to them and how, what benefit they can receive as a result of consuming or making use of what you have to offer them. That's how I see it. Yeah. And you know, you get into that law of reciprocation and you always hear 
if you want, like whatever you want in life, go help a lot of people and yeah. eventually it comes back to you. And it's interesting because I didn't see it for a long time, mm. but I was looking through the wrong lens, number one. So that's my own fault. Mm-hmm. But over the last several years is I've been able to level up and get around better people and have mentors and be the dumb one in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, it's manifested itself in the most amazing ways. And I think a lot of times people are looking for a return from the same place that they're giving. Mm-hmm. And that, right. ain't, that ain't the way things work. Right. Right. Like if you, if you go give to a homeless shelter, are you really expecting, are, are you really expecting them to give back to you? No. Mm-hmm. But I may walk into a restaurant and have a meal and somebody comps it and I don't even know who it is. Right. 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 That's powerful. That's powerful. Something that you said about, you know, you get around better people and, People are, in terms of quality, they, they're equal in quality. <clears throat> but the thought is people are, like in this apex crowd, people are intentional about their evolution. They're intentional about their growth. They're intentional about improvement. So there are people, and I think part of the challenge, and this is an exercise that I'm engaged in right now, part of the challenge for me is that regardless of where a person is in their journey, to be able to look at that person and look past where they are and see where they, where the potential that's in them. That's what I see when I look at children and I'm working with young people to help them develop that potential. Cause I can see these are the, the, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's of tomorrow, dude. And it's like, yeah. you look at me, eyes, just a kid. Well, he used to be just a kid too at one point in time, but even people who are, um, I would say unsavory <laughs> to say the least or unloving can be loved and can be appreciated for the value that they may not know how to express just yet. And your demonstration or your example might be just a catalyst that they need in order to say, you know what? I could do better. I could do better. And I'm going to try. That's what Paul Meyer did for me. He, he said something that triggered something in my head. I said, dude, you know, I need to think different. And I think that's what we do for other people as we live our, the most elite version of ourselves. You make them think, you know what? I, I need to, by contrast... They started to see, I need to do something different because this dude is leveling up on, on, on a great scale. And I'm, I'm embarrassed to be in his presence because of the dynamic <laughs> of his energy. Unless I do something different, it's because one of two things happen. Either the person going to say, you know what, I'm going to improve my game too. They're going to say, you need to reduce your game mm-hmm. and come back down here or else we ain't going to have a relationship. <laughs> Crabs We're going to be out of relationship. Hey. But we make the choices. That's why we get around people like we get around in this in this Apex family because these are people who are determined to continue to level up and level up and level up. And it, and it, that journey is difficult. You know, Stumans talked about it before. It at in income's a, a a great example because everybody kind of understands it. Like at every level of income, there's a break again. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to that hundred thousand level and there's some people that get there and they're totally fine there. Mm-hmm. They have no desire to go past that. Awesome. And that's, and and it's not a judgment. It just is what it is. And then you move up to that quarter million dollar level Mm -hmm. and there's a break there and half Mm -hmm. a million, there's a break there and a million, there's Mm -hmm. a break there because some people just aren't willing to keep pushing forward. Mm -hmm. That's just the reality of things. So if you're the type of person that does desire to push, Mm -hmm. you have to seek out other people that are like that right? because you can't go to you can't go to someone with the problems that you face when you're a millionaire uh-huh. and they're a thousandaire. 
Right, right, right. It's a whole different set of to be like, oh, yeah, it must be nice for you. <laughs> but, you know, there's something that dawned on me about uh, this is what I call false humility. Because sometimes people say, you know, I don't need all of that money. I don't need to be on that level. I don't need to be a millionaire, <laughs> multimillionaire, billionaire. I don't need that. Because they're thinking about themselves. Right. What can they consume, them and their family? But if they would just take a look at the society that we live in, the plights of humanity is so great that trillions can't really address it. So if you really have a heart, don't get what well, this is something I heard in the spirit. He said, you know, somebody I was singing one day and uh, these people were telling me, he said, well, you, you got a good singing voice. I'm, like, I'm not even the singer. I was in, the, in a group with some actually <laughs> real musicians and they were performing. They were singing. They were, they, these were professionals. And, they, and then I heard the voice that says, Anything I give to you to give to something others is to be given through you. So you should not get into the position of a main artery and start acting like a vein because you will cause a heart attack in the body. So the thought of it's not, I don't need all that money. No, you might not. But what about the people around you that have needs that you could be instrumental in helping if you had the resources to do it? This is real. I love that. I love that. And people just operate from, from fear. A lot of times, a lot of times it's just the fear of the unknown Mm -hmm. and it's the fear of who do I have to become Mm. to level up? Mm. It's not, what do I need to know? Or, you know, I've, I've, I don't know if you've ever heard me say it, but you know, if knowledge was the answer, we'd all be billionaires with six pack abs. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Knowledge, knowledge isn't the answer anymore. You know, there's a time and place where we do need to develop our skill set and we have to learn a few things. Mm. But at some point in life, most of us have all the information that mm. we need. It's application that we need. Yeah. And people aren't willing to do it. Mm. Because if you if you start operating in a place where all right, so Robert levels up and now I see you elevated, right? Mm. And now I have an expectation that, oh, Robert's going to, he's going to stay there and he's probably going to level up again. And if you start internalizing that, I mean like, oh shit, now everybody's going to expect me to keep showing up and everybody's <laughs> going to expect me. It's real easy for you to just pull yourself right back down into that comfortable space. Mm-hmm. But what people don't realize is that most comforts in life, it's an illusion. Mm. It's a complete illusion. Are you really comfortable? You know, I really, I really hope, and I'd love to hear your take on this. I, I was really hoping that the the whole COVID pandemic shut the things down, run out of toilet paper. All, <laughs> you know, I was, I was really hoping that that would be revealing to more people. And it's been revealing to the right people, which, you know, in hindsight, everything always is. Mm-hmm. But I, I was really hoping that more people would go, oh, like life isn't as comfortable as I thought it was. My secure job isn't mm-hmm. as secure as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. The money that I have in my bank isn't as, as much as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. So we see all these people still leveling up, mm-hmm. but we see a whole lot that aren't. Yeah. And uh, there's something that I've observed about this phenomenon. And that is those that don't want to grow. All they need is a day to forget Mm. And they'll go back to wallowing in the Maya from before. But those that make a decision to grow, a circumstance like the pandemic creates an inspiration and a motivation. And they don't forget. 
that was just a beginning because we started seeing ways and means by which we can communicate and connect and be supportive of each other around the globe in ways that we hadn't exercised before, even though the technologies were always at our disposal, but we weren't inclined to do it because we weren't pushed to do it. Right. So we were forced in my realm. So I go in schools, I teach all the schools in Fort Worth, all the high schools. Right. And we would physically go into the schools, but during the pandemic, we couldn't actually go into the schools, So we had to get remote. We had to figure out alternative means. We had to do on-demand training. We had to do uh, other virtual sessions, things that we could do anywhere in the world. But we hadn't been inclined to do it because we had not been pushed to do it. So what I have seen is that the ones that have awakened through this pandemic, they become so conscious and they're continuously, they're not going to forget, but not only are they not forgetting, they're instrumental in awakening others like yourself. I've seen people, man, who otherwise before that that phenomenon, they would have been okay. But now they're a little bit more aggressive in terms of their outreach to help people, to be supportive, to get their message out like you're doing with this podcast, to actually communicate and actually express the divinity that is within them deliberately. That's what I see. I love it. Mm. You know, my... I told you, you know, my, my mission is to leave people better, period. Mm. That's it. I used to have this big, you know, they like, <laughs> what's your mission statement? And it'd be like this four part, <laughs> but yeah, it's just terrible, right? Like, God bless. <sighs> but my mission is to leave people better. Mm-hmm. I, I pray that the book does that. I pray that this podcast does that. My fitness training, my business coaching, my interaction with the cashier at the grocery store, mm. like every, every piece of it. And, and I think one of the reasons, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm such a big fan of yours is because I see that in you too, you value the interactions that you have. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times it's easy for people to look past what's happening right now Mm -hmm. and think, you know, what am I having for dinner? And I gotta go, I gotta make sure and pick up the dry cleaning. But when I, when I see you and watch you interact with people, I'm not sure you could be more present. Mm. That's a hard thing for people to do. We're so distracted, you know. Oh, did I get a notification on my phone? You know, <laughs> right. is there somebody more important in right. this room for me to talk to? Like, <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, there's all those things. Um, so speak to that. Speak to that intentionality that you operate with in, in this face-to-face interaction. So I have a basic philosophy: is that if I'm doing all the talking, then everybody else around me is getting enriched. If I'm the one that's doing the talking, but if I'm listening, then I'm collecting. Now, I'm not losing anything by talking, but I'm not gaining anything by talking either. I only gain something when I listen because everybody has an experience of something to contribute. I'm being enriched right now. I may not be on the phone making a sales transaction, but this communication I'm having with you is a deposit in my life's experience. And I, I do have a mission statement, but I love yours because the simplicity of it is that just make people better. But some time ago, I created this and I do these as self auto-suggestive, self-hypnotic indicators to keep my mind trained. Because the chatter in the back of your head can sometimes derail you, but right? So if you don't learn how to tame that little, the monkey, (laughs) and make it say what you needed to say. Uh So I said, my mission is to alert people to the value of their untapped potential, to trigger their faith to believe in the accomplishment of their dream, and to supply them with a simple process that they can use to successfully achieve their goals. That's what I'm doing with Apex. I mean, I'm helping people with the tools that we have in this organization to 
One, identify where they want to go. And then through these relationships <laughs> and resources, help them along the way to make that happen. So for me, uh, yeah, I see as much God in you as I see in the next person. So why would I deprive myself of this interaction? Something I told on occasion, they would have these people come and they say, go shadow Robert Nelson because he seemed to keep his numbers up. I don't know how he does that. <laughs> and they, they were, the ones that actually came and asked me, say, how do you do it? I said that the people when I approach somebody and I'm getting ready to sell them, I'm thinking to myself that this person I'm getting ready to talk to is God. Mm. And I'm going to treat them like that. I need to be present when God is present. <laughs> Imagine how much better the world would be if everyone treated their relationships that way. Because mm. we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> and oftentimes it's the people closest to us that we really don't. Right. You're right. You're right. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the, the teen mentorship thing. Okay. You know, you talked about the background, kind of where it came from. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny because our, our friend Brian McKittrick, uh -huh. he says he used to be a... Uh, he called himself like a street pharmacist. Street pharmacist, yeah, okay. Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> and that's where he developed his sales skills from. <laughs> okay, then. That's the literal background of his sales hey, skills. He's, he's good, though. <laughs> so how did you go from having that that passion or that, that urge to, I need to help these kids, to actually making it a full-fledged entity? Mm, okay, I'm glad you said that. First, I came from being one of those kids that was just out there lost. So when I started waking up uh, in my early 20s, I actually went to my cousin who was a a kingpin. Like, if you ever saw New Jack City, yep. he was the Chicago New Jack City, <laughs> right? Nino Brown, right? And he was running stuff, but he was running an enterprise. I mean, it wasn't a little enterprise either. It was a big enterprise. He owned a whole courtway building. Courtway building, like, multiple family unit, right? And he had all his workers doing marketing, doing production. I'm like, dude. But we need to do something else because some of our family was dying from this stuff. So I'm like, okay, once I started following, going, leveling up and identifying mentors that could teach me things that I needed to know in order to learn how to sell. What I did was I went to um, Mendino's publisher and I said, I need these principles to be able to teach these kids because I need them to learn something simple. I don't need to teach them some sophisticated sales concepts or psychology. I need them to just internalize some principles like you do with your book, internalize these principles and make it a part of your personality and then watch the magic happen. Right? So I started doing that and I started getting opportunities because of my ability to do that. In fact, during the time when I first did it, uh, Og had just passed away and I got an opportunity to speak on a circuit that he was booked to speak on. Mm -hmm. So people of renown started coming out of the woodwork and guiding me giving me tools. And I'm like, okay, well, this is what I want to do. I want to help these young people. Uh, and I would say probably several years ago um, with the, when Barack Obama was president, he started an initiative called My Brother's Keeper. And it was specifically targeted on helping young people of color, Latino, African-American, Native American, because of the fact that there's such glaring disparities and nobody's addressing it. So I said, well, that's a good thing to do. But if we're going to help young people, boys become men, and you don't include a business or entrepreneurial component, you're doing them a disservice. It's like you're giving them a lot of bells and whistles. They, they got stuff. But what happens when they hit the real world and they have to slap them in the face? Like, how do I survive out here? Right. So for me, it was just a natural thing. It's kind of like when my children were born. It wasn't a question of, can I feed them? <laughs> 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 That's not a question. 
But these are our children still. They are our children. So are we going to just say, well, the school system is failing them. The government is failing them. No, they're my kids, man. So if they're going to be failed, not on my watch. So let me do what I can do or die trying to do it. But I believe a lot of people feel that some people don't know how to go about it. But I've been looking at it for decades. So I've been trying several things, which is why last year I gave away $25,000 for just a contest for them developing their business enterprises. And we're looking to do at least twice that this coming year. But the thought is I want to keep that momentum going. My goal is to give away over a million dollars, over a million dollars in a single year to young entrepreneurs to help them level up and give their good to the world. I'm smiling ear to ear right now, by the way. <laughs> that's that's truth. We don't. My feeling is we don't have enough of that, like not nearly enough of that. But what I love about what you just said is the personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Because you see it. All, it's so easy to blame everything. Mm. But you don't have control over everything. <laughs> no, you don't. You, you, you got almost no control. And you guys have heard me talk about if you ever listen to this podcast at all, you know, I talk about there's two things you can control and that's your thoughts and your actions. And that's it. You can't control what anybody else does, says, the way they respond. You have no control over that. All you have control over is what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy, you know, in our society now where we're just expected to, you send your kid to school and you expect something to happen there, right? right? They'll sit them back and they're going to be fixed, right? <laughs> right. Which never is, <laughs> never is the case. You know, like I, I saw this video yesterday. Some teacher in Utah was was ranting about Trump and mask and vaccines and telling mm. the kids that their parents were stupid and you know some kids filming her and she ends up getting fired or mm. whatever like we can't expect those people good bad or indifferent to do what our job actually is mm. as parents mm. so kudos to you for stepping up and filling a role that a lot of those kids don't have mm. in their life mm -hmm. that that servant attitude I don't know one person that operates with a servant attitude that isn't successful. Mm. I don't know one person that operates with a servant attitude that isn't happy. <laughs> I agree. I agree. How about that? Yeah, that's powerful. You know, it's, it, we have to remain humble, but at the same time, like it feels good to help people. Mm. I think it goes back to something you said when you first started. And that is, you know, uh, if you start, with the intention that, you know, I'm just going to improve or make somebody else happy, right? And it doesn't matter what happens. I'm going to just do the thing, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm going to do it because the point is I'm already at the place that most people are aspiring to reach, which is peace, happiness, contentment. So when you say, when you start with a service horse, you have to start from there. You can't serve unless you have something to serve. So when you start with a service horse, you start from a position of having you're not trying to get, you're trying to give what you got, but you know, you got some. Yeah. So that's part of the happiness, the contentment, knowing you do own something. You know, my, my pastor at the church has always said, you can't outgive God. No, you can't. You could try. <laughs> Good luck. It could be fun too. <laughs> so my, my wife and I really set some intention recently of like just being more generous mm. and not that I wasn't a generous person before, but we've been very blessed with income recently, very blessed with impact and all those things. And so we've been very intentional about just, just being generous, you know, mm. more so than we were before. 
And, you know, Stuman always talks about money's just a magnifier. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're an asshole, you're going to be more of an a asshole. If you're rich, <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're a giver and you're generous, you're just going to be more of that. And it's so, it's so funny to see it come back again in all these different ways. And I think sometimes we have to listen to, to the instincts when he's telling you, when God said, Hey, give, mm. you let me worry about where that money goes. Mm-hmm. You give mm-hmm. homeless man on the street comes up to me. So a couple days ago, mm-hmm. we're over in Plano. We went and had brunch somewhere. We're walking back out to the truck and I see this guy kind of coming towards us and you can tell he's, he's homeless. And if he's not homeless, he hadn't had a shower in a long time. Mm-hmm. Hey man, I'm really hungry. Now he's skinny. So he probably is hungry. <laughs> okay. I don't doubt he was lying. He's like, can you, you know, can you help me out? I was like, hold on just a second. Went back to the truck, grabbed 20 bucks, gave him 20 bucks. Whatever he does with that is on him. Mm-hmm. I hope he went and got some food. Mm-hmm. But if he didn't, it's, it's not, not my problem. It's, it's not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I heard once, you, I know you'll appreciate this. I heard once, you know, when you die, you face your maker. So if you believe that there's a God in the heaven, you know, when you die, you get to face him. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we're given so many opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus, mm. but we don't do it. Mm-hmm. So do you want to stand there? And he's like, why didn't you give more? And you're like, well, you know, I really, I didn't really know that I could. Or, but what about, <laughs> what about this guy? What about this woman? What about this time? What about this person? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they were kind of dirty and <laughs> I was kind of scared. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. In fact, uh, one of the things that has come to me, my attention is this, is that sometimes we think that we want God in heaven somewhere off in the distance. There are situations in our life that he could address. But we are the ones that are supposed to be answering the question. And I heard this little uh, illustration of of a child that was talking to their parents, listen to their parents pray about all the things. Say, well, you know what? If you took out your pocketbook, you could answer all the prayers <laughs> you asked God for. <laughs> I want to solve world hunger and go feed somebody. <laughs> Dude, it was a young guy at the uh, the recent uh, Apex Live event, right? He was, I think he's probably about 12. Uh, and his grandfather brought him. And he, when he was 11, his grandfather was telling me about how when he was 11, he w- was driving around with his grandpa, and they saw these homeless people. And they saw these homeless people with their kids. Mm. And he asked his grandpa, he said, well, what, what's wrong with them? He said, well, they're they homeless. He said, well, why? He said, well, you know, number of circumstances. He said, well, what about the kids? He said, well, they, they, at least they're keeping their family together. And I uh, said, well, don't they get cold? He said, well, yeah, they, that, that, that may happen. And he said, well, we need to do something about that. We need to do something about it. This 11-year-old boy said to his grandfather, who had probably passed him on multiple occasions, said, stop. We need to address this. And his grandfather began to respond. And I think it's this indigo generation that's really going to wake up a lot of us to say, there are things that we need to be doing for humanity and for Mother Earth that we haven't been doing. Cause we just been running to and fro, chasing, running and stanking is what one of my friends <laughs> just running, just running and stanking. But the reality is that these kids see things that we bypass every day, right? That we need to address. So I, a hundred percent with you. There are things that we can do right now. Uh, I want to. I need to say this to you. There is an emanation that comes forth from your spirit, from your. There is an energy 
that you project even in your silence, that you inspire people to want to become better than they were. That, that energy is part of the reason why people can go through excruciating pain and still come back to you, dude, because they know you love them. It's not like, oh, he is trying to get a buck. <laughs> they can feel that energy that you emanate because I'm feeling it in your presence now. I feel it. I'm like, that's what gets them. That's that real. That's the, that's the real. So I, I respect that. I just want you to know I acknowledge it. Namaste. I see you. Namaste. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. You know, the, the innocence of that kid and that story, it, it's just it's a microcosm of the fact that most people just get jaded mm. when they grow up and they can't, they can, they don't want mm. to get out of their own way and see the good. You know, Stu and I were just talking about how, you know, if you wake up in the morning expecting everything to be chaos and madness, that's what it's going to be. But like you said earlier, if you wake up in the morning expecting to be blessed, I'm totally stealing that, by the way. That's <laughs> yeah. such a, because I don't know that I don't think I operate that way. I don't expect not to be blessed, but I don't wake up with an expectation, expectation of like. blessings coming my way. And that's such a great mindset because we we attract in. And I, I swear, man, my, my crazy wife. <laughs> she she always talks about manifesting things and uh -huh. I used to make fun of her I'm like oh yeah manifesting <laughs> and then one thing after the other I'm like I believe you now babe <laughs> I got you I'm on oh, team manifestation now <laughs> I am signed up Ooh, I'm wait. a I'm a card carrying member <laughs> that's for oh, real man gosh. that's not a joke man that's the how that's how the universe works man this is real this is life this is heaven if we make it that mm. Amen to that. What, what advice would you have since you do mentor teens? Mm -hmm. Like what advice do you have for, you know, somebody 14, 15 years old, not necessarily troubled, but just, you know, they're out in the world and they get all social media in their face and mm -hmm. trying to figure out what they want to do in the world and how they fit. Mm -hmm. I think is a big issue. A lot of times, what advice would you have to a kid like that? Well, one of the things that I do in my process is I give them laws. I call them here are laws of success. Yeah. Now you can operate by them or not, but they laws and you can't violate them because this is how they work. Right. Uh, and one of the first laws of success is who do you listen to? Mm. Who do you listen to? So when I go in, I start interacting with students before we get into the meat of the process and start getting them clear on where they're going, how to get there. I take that inventory and ask them that question because the reality is that most of them, well, they'll say their response is normally I'll listen to my, my parents, my friends, my teachers, whatever. But the question is the people who are pouring into your head or into your life or into your spirit, they may not be able to accomplish the thing that you want to do. So you, while you will hear and may listen to everybody, not that you close people off, but be intentional about getting around people who already have the answers to the questions that you need to know. Be deliberate. That's why I hired Ryan Stuman because he knew something I didn't know, right? So who do you listen to says a lot about who you become because there's a train of discovery that happens. When you start listening to people who have the solution or have achieved or are achieving that which you want to achieve, they'll turn you on to other people of a like mind, of a like quality. Mm -hmm. And that chain of discovery will lead you into relationships like this one where we're around each other by proximity because of the people that we listen to. 
And we deliberate intentional about that. So I, my first step in their mind is to let them be aware of, yeah, you're going to become something. And who you're listening to is going to have a lot to do with what that something be, is. So you decide. And then start getting selective about who you allow to infiltrate your mental and emotional space. That's good stuff, man. It's great perspective. Mm-hmm. We don't, I've said it often. We don't, we don't think enough about what we think about <laughs> and, and the influences that, that affect that thinking. You're right. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm, I feel so blessed to be sitting here talking with you. I don't listen to a lot of my own stuff. I think that's, pretty common with most podcasters and people mm-hmm. like, you know, like, you know, you just do it and put it out there and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and hope people like it. I'm going to go back and listen to this and, <laughs> and take notes while I'm at it. Dude. Um, hey, one more question for you. So in this age of social media, you know, again, you've been more active on social media lately. At least I I've seen more stuff from you. Mm-hmm. If you knew that the next thing you posted would go viral, like, worldwide viral it shows up in the facebook news feed type of Mm -hmm. viral what would you want that message to say i would say that message would say the first question that you asked me when we started this conversation who are you do you know who you really are and my response that i gave you is authentic the truth and i believe it because I know that when you look at humanity, there's a movie called Osmosis Jones. And I encourage my kids to watch it because the reality is that we are all parts of one body. It's only one consciousness. The divine consciousness that is God is manifesting itself in us, dude. When people wake up to that reality, like you say, the way that they treat each other and interact with each other is going to change. Cause, but that's the reality. That's who we are. We are the offspring of divinity manifesting ourselves in the flesh. The question is, are we walking like that? That's, that's, a, hard, that's a hard look in the mirror right there for most people. <laughs> that's real. Yeah. You're awesome, Robert. <laughs> you awesome too, bro. And I'm going to make some good choices, I promise <laughs> you that. <laughs> Um, do you have, do you have any ask of the audience? Is it, can, can people follow you, find out more about you anywhere? Yeah, they can get the book greatest sales training in the world on amazon.com. Uh, you can hit me up on Facebook or Instagram, Robert Nelson. And with the apex, I am your personal apex concierge. So let me just elaborate <laughs> on that for a second. When I first came to Ryan Stillman, and Ryan's so clever. This is what he did, right? I came to Ryan. I said, Ryan, I was working selling furniture. And I said, Ryan, I need help on building a funnel or something for my furniture. So I'm thinking about being a furniture concierge, right? So he said, come on down to the office. So we came in here. He shot a video. And he took the video and turned it into the funnel closing program, amongst some (laughs) other stuff. So this dude is constantly building content that's a value. And he put it back into the world. So that's brilliant. But I say that to say that's one of the first things that happened. And then when they asked me to come back, because after the Million Dollar Mastermind, they had so many people, they couldn't even keep up with them. I said, I'm a customer service specialist. I'll be the apex concierge and I'll let people hold my foot to the fire, particularly if you're in the apex family. If there's something that you need and you can't find it or you don't know where to get it, ask me the question because we have a system of hierarchy. If I don't have the solution, I click it up. I'll ask Thomas. I'll ask Ryan. I got this from Jose and Jose 
is uh, impressed this in my mind to no end, but it's real. We have access to infinite resources. Dude, we one or two phone calls away for almost anybody on planet Earth. Yeah. But we need to take advantage of it and make use of it. But we can't help people who won't tell us what they need. So I'm here to serve. Thank you for having me. I love it, dude. You are an amazing human being. I greatly appreciate you. Your name gets mentioned probably more than you know. Really? By a lot of people that... <laughs> greatly appreciate you as well. Mm. So we are, we're blessed to have you. I'm thankful for this time and this conversation with you. Um, I'll put all your links in the show notes. So people go follow this dude, get his book. Uh, more importantly, find people like Robert that you can listen to <laughs> that can impart some knowledge and wisdom in your head. Cause you will be a better human being for it. And that my friends is making good choices. Y'all have a great one. Love it, man. Thanks so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. If you would like to get a copy of my book, Make Good Choices, head on over to the Amazons, type in Make Good Choices or my name. It should come up in either place. If you would like to connect with me for health and fitness coaching, shoot me an email at info at markzfitness.com or shoot me a text 214-418-8872. That's the only phone number I got. It's been out there for a really long time. Hope you enjoyed the show, and until next time, keep on making good choices.